This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, here we are again. Uh, thanks for listening to this Shrimpnet, the Shrimps Trust podcast. Uh, glad, glad we got lots of people telling us you missed us last week. Last week, uh, all things Morecambe FC we chat about, but uh, today we've got some uh, unusual guests, uh, as provided by uh, Charlie from the Boardroom, the evergreen Charlie's with us. Welcome along, Charlie. Hello there. Uh, also, as usual, we've got uh, Joel from the Trust uh, with his uh, with his bag of stats. Joel, welcome. Being in phrase. Uh, and then we've got two very special guests from the D3D4 podcast. We've got David Jenkin, who's a Jills fan. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see he's got the shirt on. Welcome along, David. Hey, pal. Uh, and also we've got uh, a compatriot of Charlie, who's a, a mad AFC Wimbledon fan. Uh, and he's joining us tonight. We're going to chat, obviously, about the sort of uh, the, the bottom six and uh, what's going to happen from now to the end of the season. Welcome along, Alex. Pleased to be here. Oh, a nice mug. Nice mug. <laughs> like it. I've got the shirt. He's got the mug. Yeah, good lad. I knew there'd be something Wimbledon. And, uh, 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 well, as people will see when Joel pans back a bit, he's got a Morecambe shirt on and Charlie's got the background. So there's only me letting the side down, but that's the old ground behind me. So there you go. Uh, right, start as we normally go on. We've got three fixtures uh, that have, have taken place since the last podcast. Uh, Bolton Wanderers, I'll talk about the football rather than anything else. Um, a fantastic performance that day. We managed to uh, snatch a one-all draw from the jaws of a win, which was a, a strange situation. Uh, again, horrible. The, the weather recently has been absolutely horrible. It was a terrible day. That was repeated at Lincoln. That was repeated in the Gillingham game at home. Uh, we seem to be nothing but pouring down rain, horrible wind. We've taken two points from nine in those three fixtures, Joel. Uh, and that's not what we wanted. No, I, I think that the frustrating thing is we, we probably deserved, uh, I think I was, I was listening to uh, Stephen Robinson's interview today, and I think we probably, I think the interviewer said we deserved probably five more from those. Uh, I think he's absolutely right. I think against Bolton, we, we were the better team. Uh, we probably edged the first half, I'd say, and then second half, we, we battered them <laughs> pretty much, and it was frustrating not to be able to see it out, and obviously... And difficult conditions, and, and, and you know, the goal comes about partly because of those difficult conditions. Obviously, Jacob Bedeau slips, and it's just unfortunate it can't be out sometimes. But yeah, frustrating not to be able to see out the win on that against Lincoln. Those first 20 minutes didn't go so well. I think you got to say fair play to uh, Michael Apperton and Lincoln. I thought they kind of maneuvered past our kind of press quite well, and they got down. Down, down the flanks and really got us that way, and then that put us put us under a lot of pressure, and then that's probably where the two goals come from. And at that point, I think we deserved a draw. From that, to tell you the truth, you know, with our second half performance, we've we've missed a couple of pretty pretty good chances, really. You know, the the the, the, the younger one, and then the. You know, you know what? I'm laughing at now. Cole, Cole clearing our own striker's header off the line. It's yeah, just like, Cole, you're supposed to put that in, not stop it, mate. You know exactly. 
Exactly. So we've had a couple of unlucky ones in the second half. And, you know, maybe if Jonas goes in, there's probably even maybe a bit more time to get a winner. But, you know, we, we can't really say for certain. So I think on the balance of play in that one, yeah, we were probably worth a point. That formation change in the second half, 3-5-2, that worked really nicely because it kind of negated for what, uh, what Lincoln were kind of exploiting us with. But, and then against Gilliam, I thought, I mean, obviously we'll hear from David in, uh, later in the podcast. I thought Gillian's game plan worked pretty well in the first half. It was low possession uh, and they had a few periods of, you know, having the ball, having a bit of territory in our half, creating some kind of little half chances, a few little dangerous moments. On the flip side, we looked really threatening from set pieces, uh, which is quite a nice positive because that's, it's, it's been a bit of an issue this season, set pieces, but for us to look threatening against quite a big side, I thought was was encouraging, but what Gillian did really well, I thought Gillian maybe withdrew a bit too much in the second half for what I, what I imagine was Neil Harris's liking. I don't think he probably would have wanted them to be that withdrawn. At the same time, they defended the box well. Like we, we had a lot of territory. We got in some good areas and every time the ball was going in the box or kind of going in that area, there was just bodies in the way and that made it really difficult. Obviously, the goal what a goal from Gillian but then some great work from John Abika uh, to get us back in the game and in the end you know we, we, after those two chances late on it's got him not to win but we've got to take the positives from the performances and just keep those up because I mean what, what more can you do really just keep playing as well as you can because we've played really really well and maybe if our luck turns a bit I think we might get a few results to go with those performances but yeah all we can do is just keep playing well I'll, I'll come to David now because obviously Gillingham's game plan uh, was not dissimilar to Derek Adams's game plan when we got promoted last year of like, you can have the ball and we will just defend and stop you. And we were capable of doing that last year. And your lads did that very well and had a, a, more than a couple of half chances in the first half. Um, but uh, the game seemed to change when you scored, didn't it? Yeah, you know, I think it was just, it was a strange game overall, to be honest with you. But, um... From our perspective, I think, you know, Neil Harris has, has had very limited time to work with the team so far. What he has put together is he's put together a brand new formation. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of frailties that have been left over from Steve Evans' time. You know, you can definitely see how, you know, you've still got a lot of players that are hoofing that ball up, like Jack Tucker, that will just hit those balls up, hit those balls up, um, which... It doesn't necessarily, for me, isn't necessarily compatible with the style that Harris is going with. But I think he's trying to get the blend between how they've been playing for the last two seasons and how he wants us to play as a team. Um, and I think the Morecambe game was probably the perfect example for me of how those two styles very much clash um, and how you know he can instill as much as he like. But there's still that evidence. You can still see um, the, the Evans football in, in that game. Yeah, and uh, it's strange because obviously you had um, two two decent lads up top and obviously Vidane, an old boy of ours, who's particularly good in the air. Uh, and it, it was it was a sort of strange thing to watch because they were, half the time they were using him, but then not supporting him. And if you're going to use him, then that's what you've got to do. You've got to get men, you've got to get men around him because he will win it or knock it on or bring it down. And he, he was getting just getting increasingly frustrated, wasn't he? 
Oh, I absolutely agree. But then I think that's been a running commentary under Evans and under Harris. I think that just continues to happen. You know, as it is, we're, we're trying to rely on having an experienced player to bring the ball down or to win those headers. But then we're relying on two 19-year-old loanees from the Premier League to be able to collect that and do something with it. it it's just not, it just doesn't work like that. You know, as, as much as a nuisance as John Akinde was on our on our wage bill, um, you know, he may have been able to do something from it. Granted, he, he clearly didn't want to be here anymore, so it was the right decision for him to go. Um, but to, for us as a team to be relying on two 19-year-olds, you know, obviously we've got Ben Thompson, who seems to be pushing progressively further up because he's having no choice but to do that. So I think that's also another factor for us is not having the personnel at the moment and not having the people up the top to be able to make the difference. You know, you can't rely on youth players from Premier League under 23 teams to be able to make the difference in, in League One, especially in a relegation dogfight. I think that's the point, isn't it? In the fact that we were disappointed. I mean, you know, it was scoring as late as you did. Uh, um, and as I've alluded to before, the game changed. It became very, very... You sat back a little, but then tried to catch us on the break. So we kept, there was a, two or three minutes of madness where it was really, really stretched. And it was literally end to end. And that was still at 1-0 to Gillingham. And so credit to you, because obviously you decided, all right, OK, we will sit back. But then we gave the ball away and you frightened us stiff a couple of times. But then we managed to get an equaliser. But with the situation that we're in and Wimbledon are in and you're in, a point or our two points out of nine and a point away from home is a good point. But from our point of view, it felt like a game we should have won. And you're probably thinking the same thing. I think so. But I think anybody in this situation, like any of us fans at this point where we are, you know, for us right now, every single point is absolutely vital. Like from where we've come from, when you look at before Harris was appointed, you know, to be able to win two games at home, which we hadn't won in 17 before Harris had come, like, that, that just gives you an illustration. You know, 17 games without a win, he comes in two home wins and a, and a loss away from home and a draw away from home. We're going to take that all day long. Um, that, yeah, that for us is a massive game. Obviously, we thought we could probably hold on, but I think notoriously we've been too... Across the last couple of seasons, we just sit back too much. When we've got a lead, we just invite that pressure on. And I think we don't necessarily have the personnel or the experience within the squad at times for us to be able to just, you know, push ourselves out a bit more and, and avoid that happening. But what a fair play to you guys for getting that equaliser and probably at the very least either team deserves was a point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and like I say, frustrating for both teams. Um, but particularly, you know, uh, like you say, Harris is obviously making a difference. But obviously, unless, unless um, from his point of view, he came in just that little bit too late because he's, you know, he's hamstrung by, he's got, he's got to play with what he's got, hasn't he? Well, I think it's down to the fact that even if he wanted to bring in personnel, we're, we're, in, we're still in the embargo from the EFL loan. Yeah. So, you know, the hope was for a lot of fans, I know myself included, was that if Kyle Dempsey was going to go, which obviously has gone to Bolton now, uh, that we were going to use that money to pay off the embargo so that, you know, there's a possibility for free transfers. But even then... What, tree what free transfers are you going to have at this time of year that are going to be available that you're going to want to be interested in and they're going to make a difference? Like any, any that are worth picking up would probably have been gone by now unless you're a Burton and somehow pick up ex-Premier League players. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a strange one, I've got to say. I didn't, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> anyway, so Charlie, um, 
two points from nine. Um, we were expecting a lot more, but I'm going to come on now to the situation with uh, obviously all our teams that we're here to talk about, Wimbledon, uh, Gillingham, and obviously, you know, obviously mentioned in dispatches, Doncaster and uh, a crew and, and everybody else around us. Um, my my stat, which I uh, is we've got we've got ten of the top twelve to play from now till the end of the season. So looking at it positively, we've got a chance to um, change the outcome of their seasons as well as our own, haven't we? Well, you know, more come alike, right? Well, you know, we, 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 if you look at our form against the lower, the lower, lower teams, you know, we've lost to uh, FC and draw and uh, drawn, drawn and lost to Gillingham, lost and drawn, lost and won against uh, Crew and Doncaster. Shrewsbury mm. uh, really playing on Saturday, obviously beat them, and uh, is a, um, is around our Fleetwood, uh, yeah, drew and, drew and won actually, not so bad, but um, you know, we do well against the, the better teams usually, don't we? Um, so that's 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 what we're like. You know, we don't make life easy for ourselves. Um, you know, I, I, I did. It was um, on Saturday. It was quite a strange atmosphere because obviously, you know, I, my company was sponsoring the match. And we had you boys in the uh, prawn sandwich pie pie chips and gravy uh, stand, and uh, I came back into the. Uh, I watched the second half in the director's box, and I came back into the into the into the. Uh, the uh, the uh, box eight where you guys were the atmosphere was very very flat and uh, as if we'd lost as if we'd been relegated yeah and, uh, my business partner was there who was a Harrogate Town fan who was just there because we were sponsoring the match and he said no guys honestly you don't know how valuable that point might be at the end of the season yeah it is it's a fair point he, 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 we did lose the, the gap would have been cut we could have won the game quite easily but. It was quite comical, really. We're usually inviting teams onto us and trying to um, press them and get the ball from, on the counter attack. Julian would just sat back in a 9 0 1 formation, <laughs> and, uh, inviting us on. I mean, it's almost like we didn't know what to do. It was pissing it down with rain, really windy. And uh, everyone was like, it's like quick, everyone around me was like, quicker, 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 quicker. And we were yeah. like, attack of Barcelona all of a sudden. So, you know, it was, uh, we did really, really well. We tried really, really hard. You can't fault the, the, the effort no. of the players at all. People like McLaughlin, who uh, Alex might want to comment on later, from we got Mercy Wimbledon, Shane McLaughlin. Absolutely brilliant. And we voted Jacob Bedo man of the match. You know, there could be any number of them, but we tried so hard. Um, it's going to come off one day. And, uh, you know, we just everyone else is losing as well. So, you know, um, 10 of the top 12, bring it on. Um, I have to say, bringing Alex and both David in now, um, you'd really be in the crap if it wasn't for us giving you points, wouldn't you, Alex? <laughs> I'm not sure about that, really. Um, <laughs> I, 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 listen, we're we're still quite quite excited about the season, about what's going on about Wimbledon. We've got a new ground. We've got a, a great manager who's got a different outlook. Young players coming that have all come through the system. Um, we, as Wimbledon fans, we're in a great place at the moment. Uh, how are we relying on others? I think we've had a terrible run. Uh, we've we've had a we had a really bad episode with with COVID where we missed eighteen days in a row. Where you're just thinking, right, you're going to play on Tuesday, but actually then it's off, and then it's it's not like you've got an eighteen day pre season to go at. We had a, an eighteen day block where we thought we were playing and then we weren't playing, and so you can't properly prepare. Um, so almost you start again. So then the first game back after that enforced break. 
you're almost in pre-season mode. Up until that point, just before Christmas, we had a brilliant result up at Accrington. Looked really good, really controlled the game. Um, were, I think, 97th minute, Wickham equalised against us um, for two all. Um, those two games would have been back-to-back away wins against two what, a mid-table and a, and a really top side Wickham. So, I, 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 you know, listening to you playing all the top sides, we've got to play nine of the bottom half. Um, we've got Jill's next week. Uh, worst away, worst away end in the country, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, and I'm sure others will testify to that. So I mean, I go there every week, and I'm not going to deny you that either. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because you don't have to sit there, so it's all right. Yeah, exactly. I've, I, but we've always done quite well there, um, and I've, you know, even getting absolutely uh, soaked through and uh, freezing cold. But it's uh, we've always done all right there. So hopeful to pick up something there. We've got Doncaster. We've got all the teams around us, just above us. There are other teams that aren't doing as well that are being That's drawn back into it. Your Shrewsbury's, your Fleetwoods, those sorts of sides. So I don't know. I'm 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 quietly confident with a young side and if we go down we go down honestly it, there's there's a bigger bigger thing going on at Wimbledon um we've just got to get the ground making money for ourselves and then we can we can really go again we haven't got any chairman issues or anything like that we're we're fan owned it's we're in a brand new stadium back in Wimbledon you know that's been our dream our biggest problem yeah. is what's our next goal you know we've achieved everything we could possibly have wanted to you know from the moment the FA screwed us and said that franchising's allowed in football yeah. So now we've achieved absolutely everything we could possibly hope for. Um, so where do you go from there? To mention, Freeze, that Morecambe uh, Wimbledon have got quite similar outlooks. You know, I texted Jacob Beddo on Saturday night after he, he, he won man of the match and said, well done. Um, so I had to leave early because of the train problems. But um, he said, I said, are you enjoying being in, the, being, being in the club? And he was like, I'm absolutely buzzing. The club's going places, but on the up. You can see everyone with ambition. Yeah. Things are changing for the better. Really, really happy. Obviously, he's going to say that to me anyway. But you know, uh, you know, you can tell he's being genuine, and everyone's, you know, we're going in the right direction. You know, hopefully, we'll survive. But you know, we'll, uh, we're on the up anyway, regardless of where we are. So, it, looking at the situation that we're all we're in here, gents, uh, and there is always you, you get to this time of year, and when we're approaching March. Um, there's always one team in just about every division who gets sucked into where they didn't think they were going to be at Christmas. Now, personally, uh, I do think it might well be Shrewsbury because there's, uh, was it Shrewsbury? Is it Shrewsbury? But I, I do think it's going to be Shrewsbury because I, I, I just think they're, they've, they've had some really, really poor form. And then they picked up, and then they've gone really poor again. And I don't think they've made particularly good signings in I the window. I saw a podcast earlier this week with a, with a Shrewsbury fan on, and he was he was he was he was really 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 depressed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that that podcast I did with uh, Gabriel Silton, I was on the shoot with the, the Shrewsbury fan called Martin, and to be honest, he he made me feel very confident about survival. To tell you the truth, <laughs> <laughs> he was not confident about staying up, but. You know, I think what, like you've alluded to there, Freeze, you know, the, the, the form hasn't been great for a while. Boy, they were coming up to Christmas. I think they, they were looking in a decent position. But yeah, they now, yeah, they're just, I don't think things have worked out the way they wanted to over over January. I think they, they lost one of the better wingers as well. So, yeah. you know, they're, 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 they're in a bit of a slide at the moment, obviously. 
we'll be able to say a little bit more about them after after Saturday. But for the time being, it looks like you know they're they, they're probably going to be the ones that might be slipping down the table a bit. So the 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 the, uh, the pessimist in in me says that well we could possibly turn up on Saturday and uh, help halt their slide. Turn their season again. around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we've done that before now. Uh, as I've alluded to already, we'd like four three Wimbledon at our place and two one at Gillingham. So you know we, we've been quite we've been quite kind. You know we've given you enough points. You know it's it's if you stay up then you you know a telegram or a, a thank you card which would be appreciated. But so I think uh, I think it's going to be Shrewsbury dragged into it. Do you see you see it any different, Alex? Uh, yeah, I mean they were. Put, I, th- I, we, I think we should have beaten them when they came to our place um, recently. I didn't think they were great, um, and they've got quite a high wage bill, I think, as well, haven't they? They've, they've yeah. got they've got some decent, like proper players in there that are being paid some decent amount of money. So yeah, you know, they, Fleetwood, they, you know, they're they're in and around there as well, aren't they? They'd, Cheltenham, Cheltenham had a poor run before Christmas and could easily go on another. You know, any of these teams could go on another kind of poor run, couldn't they? It's there um, is uh, there there is always that capability. Uh, I I sort of had a feeling it might about a month ago. I was thinking it might be Cambridge, but since they've had that that um, Newcastle win, it seems to have uh, sort of buoyed them a bit. So um, that's why I've changed to Shrewsbury because I'm just like, well, you know, I just I think they they look like a bit. A bit sort of lost at the moment. What do you think, David? I'm really not sure if I'm honest. I think it's going to be a very, very tight race at that bottom bottom spaces for anyone to get safe. Um, as, as good as the run that Gillingham have been on, I think for us it's going to be vital. That the the most vital factor is going to be our home form. So if we can maintain, you know, so far since Harris has taken over, we've we've won both games at home. I don't think that's going to be the case as we go through. Um, but we've got some very winnable games coming up. I'd, I'd hope, you know, Plymouth potentially. Um, I'd, I'd like to think Wimbledon, but they've been our bogey team in the last few years where we just, we just don't seem to be able to get anything over them. Um, you know, there's, there's some interesting games that are coming up, but the, the pessimist in me thinks that the bottom four is going to stay the same. Um, but the optimist in me thinks that the Neil Harris effect might, come into play. Um, but I think whoever stays up is going to be very lucky because I think it's going to be the, the best of a bad bunch, if I'm honest. I don't think any of those teams around there have necessarily proven that they're of League One quality. But we all knew that League One this season was going to be incredibly, incredibly tough. I just think this just shows how tough it is. Um, the, I guess the only thing for me is that there's some hope that you know, we can go on a 17-game unbeaten run and still somehow be able to be close to safety. I don't know if you can even say that, but it's, I don't even know whether we'll make up the points. It's all really going to come down to... I think the next few games are going to be very telling to, to if we even have a chance of getting out of this relegation zone. Um, you guys certainly have much more of a chance, but I just don't see who else falls in. Um, you know, Wimbledon maybe, but with the way they've been playing against certain teams, I just don't see it. We, we were really good against Sunderland at the weekend. I mean, Sunderland, I think, have been poor. Um, but we, I, you know, I was really disappointed with a point against Sunderland. Um, and had it not been for the, I think, eight different outfield players got booked. Uh, we're a team that really works well in transition. We On the break, we're really quick. We're young, we're fast. 
we get away and just cynical foul after cynical foul and and, and the card count showed. Um, and it had it not been for certain decisions, we should have had a second pen, you know, all of that sort of stuff, you know. We, I think we could have beaten Sunderland and that, for me, gives me a lot of hope. We've got players out this weekend and, and interesting to hear your point around needing experience in the middle and you know our average age is is, is low 20s usually on a match day we've re- we've got one decent player Alex Woodyard ex- experienced pro you know he's oh. been at Peterborough and other clubs he's out injured at the moment when he comes back in that's what we all need to then bolster up that midfield because unless you're running the midfield I think it's difficult to pick up those points in those really tight games those are those real kind of six pointers that we've all got coming up yeah, and, and I think it's a fair point that, that you make there, David, in the fact that the, obviously it's our first season in League One and we've been absolutely gobsmacked by the standard because we thought, obviously, from our, our background, coming coming up from the conference in sort of 2007 or the National League as it is now, and then being staying in League Two for all that time, you kind of get used to the standard and... The, the League Two is kind of sort of like three divisions. There's always a top six who are half decent and then there's some middling teams who've got half a dozen decent players and then there's about six, six or seven near the bottom who are pretty shabby. And it's kind of the same in League One, but the standard of some of the teams that we've played uh, is just absolutely outstanding. And it's because, obviously, you know, the big teams with big budgets and they can pay decent wages to some decent players. And... Uh, for us to still be alive and kicking and playing as well as we are, I'm like you in the fact that I think, you know, I, I, I do think we can probably get out of it. And I'm sure Wimbledon think that. And I think you think that. But somebody, somebody the, the only disappointment to us is the fact that we have played pretty badly against the teams that are supposedly our rivals down the bottom. But we have played better against the better teams, haven't we, y'all? Yeah, I'd say we've actually played really quite well against Gillian. We're a bit unlucky overall, especially looking at some of the numbers under the game. But yeah, I think I think you know in, in the kind of previous run of games, obviously uh, you've got the performance against Wimbledon, which was a decent first half, kind of tailed away in the second. Though we didn't, I think we're a bit unlucky in that that game. We could have done with having somebody like Adam Phillips off the bench, but he was injured unfortunately. I just won the game, and obviously I think going back before that. Uh, you've got the game against Crew, which uh, let's not talk about because that wasn't very good. Oh, we <laughs> but, you know, it happens, but yeah, oh. and, uh, we 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 have had contrasting performances. I, I'd probably say actually, what 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 the most the biggest contrast in performances at the moment is probably at home and away. I think we're absolutely uh, all of our home games since Doncaster. We we yeah. bossed it, absolutely bossed it. Apart from I think Wigan was probably a bit more even, but for a long period yeah, of that no. game. Good game. For long periods of that game, we bossed it. Yeah. I, I thought, and then maybe some of the away games, we probably haven't played as well. Maybe maybe that's part of, obviously, uh, Stephen Robinson has spoken about uh, moving to the stadium. Um, uh, I don't know how much training they might, be, might, yeah. they might be doing on the pitch, but I know they're getting changed there. And there's a bit more of a kind of a, a feel around the place. So maybe th- that's having an effect, but we've been really good. We've squeezed teams really well at home and, and, and kind of put them under pressure not really let, let them get out a lot of the time whereas away from home maybe we haven't quite done that much maybe maybe no. you know, pitch sizes different di- dynamic of a different stadium dynamic of the team the opposition we're playing maybe they feel that like they, they need to withdraw 
when they're playing at our place and we could have piled on to that. Who knows? But yeah, I, I think that's probably the main thing that stood out for me uh, recently. But like you say, you know, we, we, we have turned out some good performances against top teams. Wigan, uh, Wickham, you know, we thoroughly deserve that win against Wickham. Uh, some good parts here at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and then obviously we go to Rotherham uh, next Tuesday. Uh, which I'm sure we'll get on to, but I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that because they are no. comfortably yes, the, best the best side. Yeah. They are just... Them, them, and, them, and Wigan. them and Wigan, for me, are the best two sides we've played. So. Yeah, Wigan were very good. Uh, well, we caught Sunderland on a good day. It sounds like they're, they're good days and bad days, Sunderland's are well, with, with miles the apart. Exactly. Uh, their, their away form's atrocious. Yes. For someone to be in that position, it's the home form that's got them there. Yeah, Sunderland, Sunderland when they're on it, they're in, about as good as Doncaster, I think. But oh, no, not Doncaster, <laughs> Rotherham. <laughs> when they're not on it, they're about as good as Doncaster. Though. Yeah, yeah, true. I wouldn't argue with that. Rotherham are the best team I've seen in this league. Absolutely outstanding. They're a championship team in playing in League One. They absolutely battered us up there, and 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 you know we we put everyone behind the ball and really tried to kind of hold out against them at home. And eventually, they just they they did it against Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know if you saw that on the. I did, yeah. It was yeah. exactly the same. Just wear them down, wear them down, wear them down, and hit them. And they've just got too much quality for this league. I, yeah. I agree with you completely. They, they, they beat us one nil with a, a fantastic goal, but it was a great game, a really great game. But God, they moved it quickly, and they were biting, yeah, biting in the tackle. And then it was almost it was almost telepathic against us. They were passing it to a man who wasn't there, who suddenly appeared, and it was like, dear God, these are good. So, yeah, yeah. Men, men against men against boys. We turn around and said men against boys. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Just... And that's what that's. I agree with you completely. I think they're the best best two sides we've seen. Yeah. I'm going to come come to you, Alex. Now, something I wanted to talk about. Obviously, being in your position, survival. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Um, it'd be great to survive, but it's not necessarily. You've you've met all your goals. It, 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 the financial clout of of. Um, uh, non-league teams coming in and taking three and paying three hundred grand for your main striker. That, that's uh, you know, if you're going to survive, did you, did you need him or did you think we'll never get three hundred grand for him? We might as well take it. There, there's, there's, and this is all anecdotal, so don't quote me on any of this. But <laughs> he he had a, a six months to go on his contract with a year extension, um, which we could we could bring in. Um, He's coming to the end of his career. Yeah, he has been good with us. And I'd like to think that he came to us. We didn't cost us anything when he came to us. And Mark Robinson is really good at, at developing players. And I think he changed as a player. He's injury prone. He's 30. He's coming to the end of his career. He, yeah. was, offered, he was offered a three and a half year contract, from what I've been told, and double what he was on with us to go and live in North Wales. So, you know, he's got a young family. He's a great, great lad. He, he's local to... To, to Wimbledon, he lives just down the road. He he gets involved in the community stuff. It, for him, we firstly we couldn't we couldn't say no to him in terms of it. It was such a good opportunity for him to go, you know, to go from I don't know. We were probably paying him two grand a week, and he was getting four up at, at, at Wrexham. Yeah. And then to get money for him as well when we didn't cost us it didn't cost us anything eighteen months ago. Yeah. At a time where we've got, we've still got some bridging finance to pay down on the ground and all of that side of things, um, I think it was really good business, and I think it was the right thing for both parties. Yeah, yeah. I'm gutted because he was the only one scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we brought in Sam Crosgrove, who's um, 
Birmingham paid two million quid for him 18 months ago from Aberdeen. He scored loads of goals for Aberdeen, but did nothing at Shrewsbury um, for the first half of this season. But I just think his confidence is low. And again, he's the sort of player Robbo will, will really get the best out of him. Um, and, you know, he's similar size to Ollie Palmer, similar sort of attributes can probably slip in once he gets up and running and fit to exactly how Ollie and chip in with some goals. So I'm not, I'm not too disappointed, but yeah, crazy money. I mean, what's going on up there? I mean, I know it's the, the film star, <laughs> the film star team and all this, but, but you know, they're paying ridiculous money, both, both in terms of paying out for players and the wages as well. Just hey, you're right. And uh, David, we've got we've got the same exactly the same situation. While we're on it, we've got the same Stockport County doing exactly the same. They they took um, a, a, a lad from Fleetwood that we've admired, um, and uh, it, from that point of view, I always I was like, oh oh oh, Paddy at Fleetwood, he's good. And then all of a sudden, he's going to Stockport, and exactly the same story. Doubled his money, uh, set up for life, blah blah blah. And I'm like. I'm, I'm sort of glad we're not in the in the National League anymore because I think we'd be probably bottom 10 in there. It's just baffling, isn't it? That I put out a tweet a few few weeks or so ago, but you'd always expect the bigger teams to, to go down to those lower leagues. And, you know, Wimbledon have been fantastic at this, going down into the lower leagues and picking out talent from there. But it, it's I can't think of any other team in the history of the EFL, to me, that has ever been able to do that. Has been in non-league, hasn't been involved in the EFL, and has just poached captains and and big players, like not even just players that are on the fringe, like big big players for these teams. Like it, it's just it's insane to me. I mean, I I hope for Wrexham's sake it pays off because financially, this is not a long-term solution. Like unless they've got millions and millions ready to go, the trouble I have with it is the fact that in the National League the the finance regulations and, and guidelines are completely different from when you from when you were in there to when you reached the EFL. So even if they do get promotion this season, how are they going to manage that? How are they going to bring donors' wages to, to get the wage bill under control so it, it meets the EFL regulations? How are they going to get the players that are going to do them at this level? Or are they preparing to just successive promotions, like whatever their strategy is? It needs to pay off this season. Um, otherwise, I think they're going to land themselves in a very difficult position. I imagine the reason why they've given such high wages is because they're expecting that automatic promotion this year and to push themselves up. And if they don't, they, I think they're going to land themselves in some deep, deep water. I'd yeah. much rather sustainable clubs like the Bromleys and the, and, and the Suttons and yeah. actually come up. And, 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 you know, they, and Sutton have shown how you do it. Bromley, Bromley are a great example of a, a club that... You know, is living within its within its means and doing very well out of it as well. They've got a great setup down there, and and, and much rather a team like that came up than yeah, and it, 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 a bit it, of Hollywood A list of cash. Well, yeah, and, and I agree with you. And I like obviously Stockport being a, a you know um, a sort of like a, an old established club. When we got into the football league in two thousand and seven, uh, I remember you know one of the away game at Christmas, and we took about five hundred there, and there was a really big crowd and. They were going for promotion, and I was thinking, "Oh, this is you know these these lot of Billy Big Time." And then you look at where they've gone since, and you think, "Well, they've always had that financial clout because obviously they get the crowds." And I, I kind of I kind of don't mind that. And Wrexham obviously do get the crowds; they're fairly decent for for that that standard. But then when somebody comes in and goes, "Right, here's a massive wad of cash," 
it's like uh, it's like the non-league dream, isn't it? Because it's just like you you're living way beyond the means. And as you've said, they're not going to get away with that. If they do come up in League Two, it will be far more stringent. So they've got to be a little bit more, a little bit cleverer, a little bit. I think it's all well and good if they get up, but surely they're not naive enough to think they're going to get away with that in the league. I hope not. Anyway. All I can say on that point is SVMP is really difficult for us and it's probably difficult for Wimbledon and Gillingham. And uh, we've got much more wage bills than they have if they come up. So it'll be very difficult for them to balance the, the, the books on the SVMP side. And, and I take your point that, that you know, that, that teams like Bromley and Sutton and also Harrogate Town, Harrogate came into the league and they've, they've kept a nucleus of the same squad and lose, use clever loan signings and pick people out from lower leagues around uh, sort of like the northeast and the northwest. And Harrogate are now safely established. And uh, I always look out for their results and think, oh my God, you, <coughs> excuse me. You know, they have, they have some strange results to Harrogate, but they've established themselves in the Football League and they've done it the right way. It isn't just done with, you know, <coughs> oodles of cash. Yeah. I kept quite a bit of a close eye on Harrogate because I used to live not far from her. I used to live in North Leeds. So keeping that, I remember when they were going to go for that promotion, I remember they signed John Stead and I thought, I just kind of assumed that, oh, that's big money signing. But actually looking at their squad, like mo- that was kind of like a little bit of a bit of the icy on top that John Stead signed. A lot of their squad, you know, were barely have Wikipedia pages, like, like well, yeah, which isn't how you should judge a player. But yeah, they, they, you know, they come. A lot of them have come from like absolutely nowhere in non-league, and you know, it's it's good. It's great when you see those clubs building up and, and able to get break into the football league, and and when they do it well, you know, we've not had clubs go down from uh, League Two back to the National League straight away. That's not happened in ages. No, so, you know, a lot. Of, I think fortunately, a lot of clubs are doing it right. Some of them, you know. A little bit naughty on the financial side, but you know we'll have to see how it pans out over the next few years. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I still buy a lottery ticket every Friday for the Euro Millions, so you know it might be my, you know, I won four pound fifty two weeks ago, um, but I, I, you know, I bought another lottery ticket and and a four pint of milk. So you know the big times are, are coming. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but, you know, that's why everybody buys the lottery, because you think, you know, oh, I'd, have a, I'd have a triple-decker cantilever stand on that side with my name on it and all that sort of thing. But when it turns up as £4.50, I was like, oh, well, you know, that, that dream's gone for this week. But you can't win them all. Um, right, Charlie, um, I, I want to chat a bit. Obviously, we were very fortunate, myself and Joel, because of our, our sterling work from Joel and my idiocy on this podcast you very kindly put us in the uh, with the prawn sandwiches against Gillingham on Saturday um, and I sent you a text about quarter to two saying uh, we're helping ourselves to, to the bar because there's nobody here to stop us because you weren't there tell us what happened <laughs> yeah, it was a very very unique experience David <laughs> so what happened was um, we got to Warrington Bank Key which is for those who don't know it's about an hour on the train 45 minutes on the train or an hour and a quarter in a car from the Mazuma. The, uh, and we were supposed to get into Lancaster at 12 o'clock. We got to Warrington, we were waiting for ages, there's a signal problem, signal problem, signal problem. Then they said, we're gonna pull out to, the, out to the platform and pull back in on a different platform. And we're like, oh, hello, something's going wrong here. So um, I rang at the local taxi company and said, can you tell me, hello, hello, can you tell me to taxi us to the Mazuma? Like 250 pounds, please. Like, <laughs> now, 
I would have, I would have, I would have, for the love of the shrimps, I would have spent that much money for the record, but um, uh, I didn't want to. Um, so um, I, I uh, put a tweet out to the, the Brotherhood of Shrimp, Shrimps fans, put a tweet out saying, does anyone come back to Warrington Banking Station to give us, me and me and the two friends a lift to the Mazuma? But five minutes later, I got a tweet, a direct message back saying, yeah, I'm coming from Liverpool, I'll pick you up. Um, so um, unbelievable scenes. We, we we got off the train, went outside the station. He came along about fifteen minutes later with a two-year-old asleep in the car in a car seat. <laughs> he was a lift. And he was called Alistair Stewart. He's, he's a big shrimps fan. Alistair, great work. Gave us a lift to the Mazuma. Um, while we're on the in the car, I looked at his Twitter feed. He hadn't done a tweet tweet since two thousand and eighteen. So I was like. <laughs> I've been on Twitter since 2018. How do you know? No, no, I didn't see it on Twitter. My friend in Spain saw the tweet, took a picture of the, of the, of the, of the tweet, WhatsApped it to me to make, see if I could pick you up. And then I, I tweet, I don't miss you on Twitter to say I couldn't pick you up. So we got to the Mazuma, what, about quarter to two? Yeah. And over an hour and a quarter to kick off, this guy took his two-year-old two to sleep around to his grandparents to drop him off so he could carry on sleeping so he could watch the game with us and we watched the game the power of twitter unbelievable yeah that's a fantastic story and uh, I, I used to um in my 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 days as a, a teacher at Hesham high i taught alistair and he's a he's a qualified referee would you believe yeah, yeah he's, he's a good lad james atkinson in spain for taking a photo of a tweet and sending it to alistair in liverpool who then came and picked us up took us to the museum <laughs> And I was just about to go for my third bottle of cider as you walked in, so I stopped. Well, I was quite upset when I got there. There was no pies available, so I had to order. So then, then, then I, so that was another funny story. I ordered 10 pies to the box. They arrived, and then 10 minutes later, the chef came in, absolutely bricking it, going, I've given you too many second hour pies. They're still in order. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? I well, wonder what he was doing coming in. Garbage one that someone had put a finger in or something. Yeah, yeah, and I saw. Has anybody touched this? Dusted it off, put it back on, put back on a plate, and saved one steak and alpine. Yeah, it was a good story, but we had a great day. Thank you very much for that. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, how, how are we getting on? Um, somebody was asking questions this week uh, as there's been no progress on uh, putting that roof behind the Vaticard. It's all contract related. It's getting sorted. There's a, there's a Shrimps Trust meeting next Tuesday, Jarlow's there. Oh yeah, there's one this week, yeah. With James and Ben Ben Sadler, general manager, is in New York this week, living in the dream. So he's got no news for us. He just says we need three points on Saturday. Ryan Davis has no exciting news, head of media. And Martin Thomas, head of commercial, has no interesting news. It's a quiet news week. Oh, so uh, that's uh, this has been a fantastic podcast for that then, hasn't it? Really, you know. Yeah, yeah, so let's yeah. let's update update the fans with what's going on. Uh, nothing. <laughs> I like it. But so I've got, we've got 342 tickets for Shrewsbury, apparently. Have we? Oh, that's brilliant. Well, I've got one. Are you going Saturday? I'm driving up, yeah. Good. What about you, Joel? I'll be down, yeah. I'm going on the train. And uh, who've Wimbledon got, Alex? Bolton away. Oh, come Yay. on. Come on. Now's <laughs> your chance. Now's your chance. Do everybody a favour. Because as you know, we love Bolton, don't we, everybody? <laughs> no comment. Yeah, well said. Uh, David, who've the Jills got? I've got Plymouth at home. Oh, 
They're a, they're a funny side, Plymouth, aren't they? They're a funny side. Yeah, so, some days they're on it, some days they're not, aren't they? I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that I'm hoping they're they're not going to be on it. Hopefully, but you know, I guess I guess we'll have to see. But they, you know, obviously the start of the season they were they were storming it, weren't they? And it's kind of settled back down. They seem to seem to be around those playoff areas, but hopefully we can uh, spoil their party a little bit and give ourselves three points. When's the big one? When's Gillingham versus uh, AFC Wimbledon? Tuesday. That that is Tuesday. Tuesday oh. evening. Yeah. Do you know, not score any goals versus a team that plays a 9-0-1 formation. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, are you telling me it's going to be nil-nil, Charlie? Is that what well, you're bet, expecting? I can bet, director, uh, 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 doing proper person, but if I could bet, I would put £100 to be nil-nil. It'll absolutely be nil-nil or it'll be, I'll tell you this now, it'll be nil-nil or Wimbledon will win in the last minute because it's always what they do when they come to us, always. It's always like a last minute a goal, like for the last couple of seasons. Seven the last minute though this season. Mm -hmm. we we've scored a few last minute ones, yeah, but not. Plough Lane's not been a happy hunting ground for us this this season. Actually, we're better away. I don't know why, but that's the case. But the fans haven't turned though. We we we've been 12, 12 13 games without a win or something like that, and. Uh, no, it's everyone's 100% behind the team because, as we said earlier, as I said earlier, it's uh, you know, we're, we're just happy to be here playing football in back in Wimbledon, which is it's nice and it is. And uh, and uh, I do take Charlie's point that we are, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of very, very similar. And I know when we came to you in the uh, in that exciting nil nil the other week, you know, the ground, <laughs> the ground, the ground is lovely, and you, it's funny because you can hardly see it from outside, can you? Really, you don't really know it's there, it's sort of yeah, in, isn't it. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant location. Um, and we've got room to go up to 20,000. So, There's Well, I, of... I, good luck for the rest of the season. I hope you do well. We've played you twice, so we don't care anymore because we've given you the points. <laughs> but good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and uh, have, have you still got Wellington Womble wandering around, by the way? Wellington Womble? Yeah, wasn't he? It was the, when you were at, when you were at, at Kings Meadow, it, it, it was... Uh, it was um, Hayden, uh, Hayden the Womble. Is it? Well, it was. It was. It was always Wellington Womble from the Wombles, and uh, we were we were doing the commentary a few years ago, and uh, it, this was at Kings Meadow, and we were doing the commentary, and I said, if I get fifty texts in, that the guy, one of our co-commentators, I said he, he will go and take Wellington. He'll run up behind Wellington Womble and take his head off during the game, and I got fifty people texted in saying off, and I got all these people, and then. He couldn't do it, but on the this was before I followed the, the cameras, and it, so it was just commentary. And so Stevie Stevie got up, took his microphone, like, right, I'll go and do it now. And we had to commentate as if he was going to take Wellington Womble's head off. And loads of people, loads of people texting, going, "Yay!" He took his head off, and he didn't. So this is telling me now he didn't. So uh, that was that was a bit of a joke. But there you go. But. Alex, thanks for joining us. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. David, keep up the great work on D3-D4. Um, like I said, we've played you twice now, so we, we don't care. Uh, if we could all survive, it'd be magic, but uh, somebody's got to go. But uh, if, if it can be Shrewsbury and Fleetwood, then we'll settle for that, surely. Absolutely, I'll take that if, we, if we're out of there. They can, they can take our place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, there we are. We're all in agreement. There's, uh, there's nothing more to be said. So thanks to Joel, thanks to David from D3D4, um, Alex the Womble, and as usual, our facilitator, Charlie, 
this has been Shrimpnet. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week uh, when obviously we'll have absolutely battered Shrewsbury and probably got a draw. And then just gone to Rotherham and won 3 0. Uh, Game the clock uh, next week. Say again. Shane McLaughlin is the star guest next week. Yes, Shane McLaughlin is the star guest next week, uh, as well as uh, James Wakefield, I believe, is it? Yeah. There you go. So it's well worth tuning in. Thanks to everybody for listening. Have a great weekend of football, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>